How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go up there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 1102 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track, and happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. It is... Uh, I don't know what my fourth Father's Day. I'm not sure I lost count, but uh, it's cool being a dad. And uh, happy Father's Day. And a big happy Father's Day to my producer, Mike Jafari, who's got the whole brood in the studio today. Mike is a father of three boys, and he's got them all in house today. Mike, uh, good luck t- Good luck here this morning, my friend. Oh, thanks. Uh, good <laughs> thing I'm an octopus, so I got multiple hands to still work your show. Uh, I do not envy you, my friend. I grew up in a family of three boys. I only have one kid. You've got three, but uh, they all look... Yep. They're a great, great group, but uh, good luck to you with all them trapped up, trapped in that little studio this morning. Oh, thank you. It's, we're, we're trying. <laughs> the <laughs> show must go on. The show must go on. Happy Father's Day, my friend. Uh, 803-0551-888-552-550. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, especially the uh, racing ones out there. And I would not be involved in the sport and probably where I am right now without my dad getting me, taking me to Lancaster Speedway as a kid and get me hooked into this and that's how I got into announcing which led me into radio and all the other fun stuff I get to do now so uh, we'll always and uh, forever appreciate that uh wet miserable weekend though huh just what we needed more soaking rains it's I know we're the ground is so parched that we need more soaking rains this weekend here in western New York it's been a wet one uh just about a complete washout for the western New York and Southern Ontario racing communities except uh Lancaster Dragway to get their show on Friday, but uh, Ransomville canceled. Yesterday was a washout for everybody, including uh, the Race of Champions Modifieds at Lake Erie Speedway. Uh, today, uh, I, I don't, Humberstone is yet, I don't think they've made a call yet today, but uh, that uh, that does not look good so far this morning as it's already pouring here outside our uh Amherst Studios. Uh, but lots of racing on TV today if you're looking to do something with Dad and you don't have any plans outside the house. You've got both a truck and an Xfinity Series race today at the Iowa Speedway. There's no cup race today, obviously. Uh, they're off this weekend, back in action next Sunday at Sonoma. But the trucks uh, were supposed to run last night at Iowa. They got rained out. It was even ra- raining in the Midwest yesterday. Uh, some of the uh, stuff on social media, people were tweeting and some stuff from Fox. Uh, just some ugly-looking clouds rolled through there last night. So that race gets going at noon this afternoon, and then later today it's the Xfinity Series race, I think about 4, 4, 4.30 Eastern for the Xfinity Series race there, doubleheader at Iowa. They even, uh, the Xfinity cars will qualify at 2.30, actually, so they even qualified. Uh, qualifying for the trucks was rained out. The field is going to be set by owner points today, and 16-year-old Chandler Smith is on the pole for today's race, uh, driving for Kyle Busch Motorsports since it's based on owner's points. I believe this is Chandler's first truck series start. Uh, but he gets to start in the pole, by the way, of the owner points for the 51 truck. So he'll be on the pole today alongside Grant Enfinger. Stuart Friesen starts third today. He's got his dad, Jamie, with him out there in uh, Iowa today. 
Uh, Matt Crafton to roll off fourth. Kyle Benjamin, Brett Moffitt, Ben Rhodes, Johnny Sauter, Austin Hill, and Harrison Burton, your top 10 starters uh, for the Truck Series event today there at Iowa. So again, that's at noon, and then the Xfinity Series later this afternoon. Also, squeeze in between that, uh, you've got dra- NHRA drag racing today from uh, Bristol, the Bristol Dragway uh, in Tennessee, right alongside the uh, course the uh, stock car oval there in Bristol, Tennessee, and Thunder Valley, as they like to call it. That is coming up at 2 o'clock uh, on FS1. So you'll get, I think if you leave it on FS1, you get the trucks, and then after the trucks, they'll have the drag racing coverage, and then after the drag racing coverage, you can just keep it tuned in because they'll go right to the Xfinity Series race. So uh, plenty of racing on TV for you this afternoon if you uh, need, want to do something with Dad here on this Father's Day. Coming up on the program here this morning, uh, speaking of NASCAR, we'll talk more about it. Well, we'll talk probably about it this whole first segment, but we'll get some expert opinion from Nate Ryan from NBC Sports. He'll join us at quarter past. Uh, Nate is a journalist and uh, does a lot of uh, program uh, on a lot of number of NBC's uh, motorsports programming coverage at NBCSN. Nate will join us at quarter past the hour. Love talking to Nate. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're getting close. Uh, to uh, one of the biggest events of the year at Watkins Glen International, and that is the Salem Six Hours at the Glen, uh, the big sports car race uh, outside of Cup Weekend. It's Watkins Glen, uh, other biggest event of the season. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. So we're going to be joined by Andy Lally, who drives for Magnus Racing in the GT Daytona class. Uh, he drives. He's a co-driver for the Lamborghini for Magnus Racing. And uh, so we'll talk to Andy about that. Andy is one of the winningest drivers all time in the Salem Six Hours, uh, four-time winner of that event. He is tied uh, for most among active drivers with Joao Barbosa. Uh, so Andy's got lots of expertise there at Watkins Glen International. Uh, and just cool to have Andy on again. I, I, we had Andy on the program two years ago, uh, actually, this very weekend, two years ago, Father's Day weekend, to promote the Salem Six Hours. And uh, I had to go back and listen to the interview yesterday just because I wanted to remember what we had talked about. And, man, I forgot how much fun. It was, I think, we probably ran long. It, it, luckily, that interview, I think I pre-recorded that show that year because I was uh, out of town that weekend. We, we had to go to Jennerstown with the Race of Champions series. So I pre-recorded the interview with Andy, so I had lots of time to talk. And uh, we just went off on a, a number of different topics. Uh, sports car racing, his experience in NASCAR, just growing up on Long Island and uh, some of the racing in that area. So uh, we covered a lot with Andy. So I had to come, I've come up with some other stuff to talk to Andy about that we didn't cover it the first time we chatted, but uh, really looking forward to talking to Andy Lally again uh, here at the bottom of the hour. Andy, of course, a former uh, Rookie of the Year in the Cup Series, the, uh, the year he spent uh, running in the Cup Series for, uh, I think the team was called TRG, um, back in 2011. But uh, Andy, most known for his expertise in sports car racing, a former winner of the Salem Six Hours, also has won at the uh, Rolex 24 at Daytona. He's competed in the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which uh, comes in handy because that just wrapped up this morning. Uh, I'm not going to go through the winners because I don't follow the uh, international sports car scene too much, although I can tell you that Fernando Alonso was... In, in, in the car that was the overall winner for Toyota today, of course, Alonso, former F1 champion, failed to qualify at Indianapolis a month ago, but got got a little redemption this weekend at Le Mans as he was uh, part of the overall winning car for Toyota, which I believe was a hybrid, uh, too, by the way. And uh, so that wrapped up this morning at about 9 a.m. was the checkered flag at Le Mans for the 24 hours there. Uh, again, 803-0551-888-552-550 as we reach this off weekend in the Cup Series uh, before heading to Sonoma next week. And, uh, you know, 15 races into the regular season. So we're, this this is the uh, the summer stretch. You know, we're hitting the, the near the halfway point of the 
full season as a whole, but more importantly, we're this stretch, this summer stretch run, which always is interesting. Uh, you know, leading up to the playoffs, uh, as you get the off weekend here, and then it's uh, you know hammered down the rest of the summer with Sonoma. Then they wrap up June in Chicago. Then we have the uh, the for the last last time, I guess the uh, July Fourth weekend race at Daytona, which again is being pushed next year to. Uh, what is it? The end of the regular season, I believe. Now I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, that the Daytona 400 Fourth of July weekend. This will be the last year for that being in that weekend. Uh, Kentucky, New Hampshire, Pocono, Watkins Glen, of course. Michigan, the night race at Bristol. Then they get another week off before heading to uh, Labor Day Southern 500 at Darlington. Wrap up the regular season in Indianapolis. So uh, you know it's a nine race stretch run here with only one other week off between now and the regu- end of the regular season, and. Uh, Again, the points uh, are looking pretty tight here for the top 16. There is not a lot of, uh, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of shakeup in the bottom of the 16. And that gap that we talked about coming out of the Charlotte race at the Memorial Day weekend, that, you know, that that group of drivers around 16, that pack is tightened up even more. Or should I say the gap has kind of spread out a little bit. It was, I think, back to maybe 21st or 22nd maybe had a shot. And now after a couple more races, that gap has even widened. You look at Ricky Senhouse back in 20th, uh, he is a good um, – uh, about s- almost 60 points, so you know more than a race's worth of points behind Jimmy Johnson, who's 16th in the standings. So it's gonna uh, again this this playoff field might really be in focus by the time we get to Watkins Glen in August, maybe if not sooner, maybe even by uh, Daytona uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, the Fourth of July weekend. It's you know it's the, these guys right around 16th, Ryan Newman, Eric Jones, who are within 10 points of Jimmy Johnson, but then you go back to Paul Menard, who's uh, 28 points behind Johnson, and then I said Tenhausen, then you got. Uh, Austin Dillon, who's almost again almost a uh, good uh, sixty points behind Jimmy Johnson. So those the the, the guys are kind of falling off here at the in the top twenty five of the points innings. Um, but I think there's still going to be while that might not be the big topic. I think just wins might continue to be a huge thing for drivers that are looking for that first win of the year because there are a lot of frustrated drivers this season in the cup series and it, that continues to be a theme and uh, Matt Weaver who we had on the show last week uh, from Auto Week had a great column uh, after the Michigan race and by the way hats off to Matt we talked to Matt last Sunday after he had covered the uh, IndyCar truck doubleheader at Texas well because of the cup race at Michigan rain delayed to Monday Matt such a trooper he made his way to Michigan just in time to cover the race on Monday after it got rained out on Sunday. It, he wasn't supposed to cover it because he was in Texas, but when the race got postponed to Monday, uh, Matt decided to traverse from Texas to Michigan to cover the race. So hats off to Matt for doing that. Throw that aside in there. But he had a great column excuse me, um, about just how many drivers uh, in this, this theme of unhappiness and drivers being disgruntled this season has uh, just kind of been the overwhelming theme of the year because while the racing appears to be closer and NASCAR touts how much passing there is this season, a lot of drivers, notably the Kyle Bushes and Kevin Harvick's of the world, even though Kyle Bush uh, is you know the winningest driver so far this season, second in the point standings, uh, these guys are frustrated because they're race car drivers and it's this package, this aero package with few, less horsepower and more downforce is making it hard for them to be race car drivers. They're... They're driving the cars, but the, the, a lot of it is out of their control because uh, they can just go flat out, hammer down all the way around the racetrack, and the some of the nuances of being a race car driver have been taken out of the equation with this package. There is, you know, very little off throttle time for these guys, and 
the tire degradation and everything that uh, you know can make a race interesting and allow comers and goers in the field. A lot of that has gone away, and now everybody is uh, almost equal in their speed. And uh, it, these guys are just they're they can't do any more. You know, they're giving a hundred percent. They've got their foot down to the floorboard, and they just can't pass, or they can't make enough passes uh, to, to or. or or they can't, you know, they can make passes maybe in the middle of the pack, but they can't get to the leader and pass him because of just the uh, aerodynamics of, of the package here in NASCAR. So a lot of drivers continue to uh, give their frustration. And, you know, Kevin Harvick kind of did, uh, as Matt as Matt referred to, a Marshawn Lynch impression with quotes of just, I just drive and I don't know, and I just did my job following the race Monday in Michigan. And, uh, you know, Kevin's, Kevin's probably uh, more a lot more frustrated than even Kyle is because he's still yet to win here 15 races into the season. The guy that won, I think, eight races last year, you know, and was uh, once again in the championship four. And he is fourth in the point standings. But the fact that he has been unable to win and he's had days like a Pocono a couple of weeks ago when he looked to be en route to his first win of the year and then they had a pit road penalty and a steering box issue that took them out of contention. He has got to be more frustrated than anybody uh, despite how good it looks in the standings. You know, he's still fourth in points, uh, five top fives, ten top tens, which is third most in the series so far this year. But he still has that goose egg in the win column while, uh, you know, the Kyle Bushes and Brad Keselowski's and Joey Logano's uh, and Martin Truex are, are racking up wins here in this first third of the season. Uh, he's got that zero. So just a lot of frustration out of Kevin Harvick and a lot of other drivers. And I think this creates a whole box of concerns for some of these guys like Kevin Harvick's age where, um, and I, we got to get to Nate Ryan here quickly, but they're going to be frustrated where they don't want, they're not going to want to do this anymore. And I think it's going to shorten the careers of some of these guys uh, that are kind of in this um, grouping of, of where Kevin Harvick is and Martin Truex and Kyle Busch, where they're in their mid to late thirties and may shorten their careers because it's, it's not as uh, fun or challenging for them. So with that, let's go to the Western hotline though and bring in from NBC sports. Nate Ryan joins us on the line. Nate, Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Uh, great to talk to you again. Yeah, great. Uh, thanks for having me, Dave. Good to speak to you as well. Uh, thank you for this uh, off weekend to join us here this morning. Uh, Nate, just talking about the, the the start of the season, and you're you're known to be a wordsmith, and you have a, a vast vocabulary. What kind of word would you use to describe this season so far in the Cup Series? Huh. I, I think it would be hard to come up with maybe one word, Dave. <laughs> I'd have to think about it for a while. Uh, you know, I, I think um, unexpected, but maybe... Um, <laughs> not in the sort of areas that I would have expected it to be unexpected. I mean, I think we thought the impact that the 2019 rules would have um, would would be widespread and would show up in really significant ways at some tracks. And uh, I think what's been interesting is the way it's shown up at tracks in ways that are unexpected, like short tracks. Like, I think that the 2019 rules there have actually had uh, an adverse effect on passing, which I think is interesting. Um, I think, you know, on the mile-and-a-half tracks, I think it's it's been extremely effective. And I think it's turned the mile-and-a-half races into more compelling uh, races to watch this year, which I think was uh, maybe the intended effect yeah. uh, of the new rules. But, you know, I heard you mention there, I mean, I think certainly, I don't know if anybody could have foreseen um, the way uh, a team like Harvick's would struggle to, to get their arms around things this season. And uh, yeah, that's certainly been unexpected as well. 
Yeah, and, and again, he he's you know expressing these this frustration despite being fourth in points. It's not like he's in a, a spot where he could miss the postseason this year. You know, he he's still having a a decent year, but just to have that zero in the win column with with the playoffs, there's the the pressure to win is so great on these drivers. Yeah, I mean, no question. And you know, you you look back a year ago, and Kevin Harvick had so many more playoff points at this time in 2018 that he was virtually guaranteed a pass through to the third round. Of the playoffs, and this year he's you know he's far behind that. He doesn't want to race. Uh, I, I think certainly his team feels the pressure, especially considering that it's been of their own making in a lot of these races. Whether it's a pit crew mistake or a strategy mistake or a driver error, uh, there have been a lot of instances this year where I think Kevin Harvick has had a car fast enough to win, but hasn't gotten the victory. Uh, another uh, driver that's you know kind of in that, I guess, disappointment or, or maybe uh, underperforming on how we thought would do would be Kyle Larson. And you look at the Ganassi team. You look at Kurt Busch, who seems to maybe doing better with this Aero package. He's eighth in points. He's had some good runs. Had a good run last week at Michigan. But but Kyle uh, is fifteenth in points and just not having the performance this year. What is your your take so far on the two Ganassi cars this season? Yeah, I think in the case of Kyle Larson, David, is uh, an instance in which uh, the 2019 rules just don't really suit his style. I mean, traditionally, he has been a guy who has run up near the wall and prefers that outside line, uh, prefers to get the momentum from the high side the way he did for so many years uh, in his dirt racing career, which he still does on the side. And uh, th- these uh, 2019 rules just like aren't as conducive to that. It's, it's more about, I think, running on the bottom uh, with, with the lower horsepower and, and the higher downforce. But I mean, you make a really good point about Kurt Busch, his Chip Ganassi racing teammate. A lot of races, he's had the best Chevrolet. So I don't know if you can point at Kyle Larson and say it's, it's a car problem or a team problem because certainly Kurt Busch uh, is, is really exhibiting that he remains one of the most talented drivers in Cup at the age of 40. Uh, Dale Jarrett was on NASCAR America on NBCSN last week last week uh, extolling Kurt's virtues here uh, in this in this area and I think like he really is having you know maybe one of the best driver seasons uh, in the Cup Series this year. Nate Ryan from NBC Sports joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Nate, we have our six drivers that have won so far this year: Logano, Keselowski, Kyle Busch, uh, Elliott Truex, and Hamlin. Out out of those six, uh, is there a clear cut championship favorite, or is it too early in the year to to start predicting who's going to come out at on top at Homestead in November? Yeah, you know, it still feels a little bit early, Dave. Although Kyle Busch certainly has had a championship caliber season, and in some ways, you could probably argue that this has been Kyle Busch's greatest season to date. Um, I think he's finished in the top five in all but what one or two races. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been a world beater, but at the same time, I mean, uh, there are some cases, you know, like the most recent race at Michigan, where he, he finishes top five, but wasn't really a factor for a lot of the race, uh, and. You know, it does seem like, for whatever reason, um, there have been there have been races this year where a dominant car kind of gets out front and and really uh, just kind of doesn't really run away with it, uh, like Joey Logano at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he leads more laps than anybody in the history of a 400 mile race at Michigan, but he never really led by more than a second and a second and a half because of his rules. So, um, you know, that's been interesting to me is that uh, Truex had a dominant win like that at Dover. Uh, you know, again, uh, certainly Logano at Michigan, Kyle Busch, I think has been like that a couple of times this year. Uh, it's been interesting to me that like how the, the field is bunched up 
a lot more this year, but uh, a lot of times you'll still be able to pick out like which guy has the dominant car and it shows. And if they don't make mistakes, they win the race. And so mm. I think that's why it's a little bit hard to pick uh, a championship favorite because I think week to week that dominant driver, uh, when there has been one, uh, has has been alternating. Yeah, it's not like the year maybe Truex won the championship where he was just kind of lights out a lot of part of the right. season, just kind of right. whooping up on everybody, kind of like at the Coke 600. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you're right, Nate. I mean, I was I was kind of talking about referencing Matt Weaver's column um, before we brought you on uh, uh, just about driver frustration. But as a fan that sits home and watch it like I do, you know, I don't, I don't get to be at the track. I'll be, you know, one weekend out of the year. So I'm just a, a fan on my couch. And it it is on the short runs. It has uh, for the mile and a half part of this package does look a lot better, especially on the restarts. This two, three, sometimes four wide racing has been a lot more interesting to watch. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to I think it might have been the uh, the Kansas race earlier this year. One of one of the races um, where I'm like, all right, this, they're getting somewhere in the mile and a half package. But then you watch these last two weeks with Pocono, Michigan, where and I think I heard someone refer to the uh, during the Pocono week, and these cars kind of have a bubble around them, and uh, you know, mid pack they can make the passes, but getting getting by that leader is still a, is still a tall task. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, you know you saw at Pocono a case where like, if they're not holding it wide open all the way around, if you're grip limited the way you are at that track versus a Michigan or versus a Kansas, you're not going to get that that same quality of racing. And you know another thing that's sort of been surprising to me, Dave, is we talk about that unexpected theme, but unexpected an area I didn't expect to be talking about was um, the 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 restarts and the number of cautions. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think the the, the, the cautions have. Uh, there haven't been quite as many as we expected. I mean, at, at the start of the season, I think people thought the cars would be bunched a lot more, mm-hmm. and they have been, uh, especially outside you know the top five. I think there's a lot of racing going on between uh, you know sixth to twenty fifth every week for position, but there haven't been a lot of wrecks. There haven't been uh, you know the the, the pile ups that you might expect to have so many cars running so close together, and especially on restarts where you know you always hear the uh, the cliche that, you know, this is an insane restart. Guys are all over the track and, and making all these moves. But you yeah. haven't really seen um, guys crash that often, which which has been surprising to me. Nate, uh, we've got one more race here for uh, your colleagues over at Fox next weekend at Sonoma. Daryl Waltrip's final uh, broadcast as, as a regular broadcaster over there at Fox. And then uh, the fun switches over to you folks over in the, the Peacock camp as NBC and NBC Sports Network takes over starting at Chicago. Uh, without giving away too much, what is the second half of the season going to look like for us watching on NBC? Yeah, no, we're really enthused about it, Dave. I appreciate the plug. Yeah, we'll, we'll be taking over after uh, Fox's swan song and as you mentioned dw's uh real possible swan song you may <laughs> uh never see him again at a racetrack after he broadcasts sonoma uh this uh coming weekend next weekend uh i actually will have him on the uh the nascar nbc podcast this week as a guest i spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and uh it was a good conversation he had a lot of things to reflect on both in uh his nascar career and his broadcasting career and i do wonder if we're going to see him as much anymore because you know as he said when he sees uh, drivers or former drivers, former broadcasters who are just at a racetrack and don't have a lot to do, he 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 doesn't really want to be in that situation <laughs> because uh, you know he I, he's always been at a racetrack for what going on close to fifty years sure. and always had something to do yep. on on a weekend. So whether it was driving or broadcasting, so I I think it might be a little bit of uh, an odd uh, circumstance for him to to be dealing with. So. Um, 
get I know that DW can be a little bit of a polarizing figure, both <laughs> when he was driving and both when he was broadcasting. But I would encourage everybody to to enjoy this uh, this last opportunity to hear him this weekend at Sonoma on Fox because uh, I don't know if you'll hear too much from him after this. I know that feeling, Nate. I work as an announcer at short tracks here in our area, and if I go to a racetrack and I'm not working, it does kind of it irks me a little. Like I should be doing something. I should have a <laughs> microphone in my hand. I know the feeling that that feeling because I don't go to many races if I'm not working them. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to feel superfluous, right? You always <laughs> want to feel like you're you're doing something. I'm sure you're always going to have that nagging feeling of like, man, I should be, you know, doing something right, right. now. I'm not. <laughs> Uh, any, anything else we should be looking forward to here in the, the coming weeks on NBC and NBCSN? Yeah, oh, well, certainly, you know, we've got NASCAR America Daily, um, you know, the Motor Mouse Show on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. NBCSN has been a really popular day. I've encouraged everybody to, to interact with that. That's our fan call-in show. People can call the 800 number. People can interact with us through social media. Uh, hashtag let me say this. So, uh, yeah, and, of course, uh, as we ramp up here for – our half of the season with the Chicagoland Speedway race next week, or after next week, uh, a couple of weeks, um, you know, we'll, we'll have our studio coverage on the weekends mm. uh, and uh, picking up Xfinity coverage as well. So a lot to watch. Uh, I haven't listened to your most recent podcast, but I really like the one with Parker, Kligger, uh, Parker Kligerman. I like the way he kind of break down uh, the engineering aspect, how, uh, you, you know, how close to that, that 100% level teams are engineering these cars now yeah. compared to maybe a decade ago. I've, I enjoyed that conversation, so great job there. Uh, Nate Ryan, NBC Sports. Follow him on at Twitter, at Nate Ryan. Nate, again, off weekend, so I appreciate you taking the time this morning, and uh, have a great second half of the year with your colleagues over there at NBC. All right. Thanks again, Dave. I appreciate all your support. Thanks, man. All right. Nate Ryan from NBC Sports. Love talking to Nate. Uh, He is uh, one of our favorites here on the program, as we've had him on a number of times throughout the years. Uh, And again, NBC, uh, NASCAR and NBC, uh, their coverage starts in a couple of weeks with uh, the race at Chicago, and they'll take you all the way through Homestead. Uh, NBC also broadcasts IMSA Racing, and uh, they'll be at Watkins Glen in a couple of weeks, and so will Andy Lally, and he's going to join us when we get back here on this Father's Day edition of Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Kevin Harvick, driver of the Jimmy John's Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Yeah, big thank you to uh, Genesee Beer and... uh, the folks at uh, NAB, Fifeco USA, uh, here in, in Western New York for uh, coming aboard, sponsoring uh, NASCAR coverage here in WGR. A big special thank you to my buddy Matt Goldman over there. Um, not that I'm getting anything out of the deal, but still, you know, cool. I, Genesee Beers continues to, uh, you know, has had a great history in motorsports. Uh, they just signed the uh, the deal with Watkins Glen this year to be the official beer, as, as the tagline said there. Uh, they sponsored Borisette in the Cup Series the last couple of years at the Glen, and then even go back even further, uh, sponsoring guys like Jim Herdebees and, Ro- of course, Roger Treichler, that iconic uh, Jenny Cremail Green Number 74 Modified, uh, an iconic car to, to in, in local racing. Uh, Dutch Hogue in, in Genesee sponsoring his number seven car, iconic uh, short track racers in, in Western New York, uh, sponsored by Jenny throughout the years. So uh, the brand has a great uh, Association of Motorsports, and uh, just cool that they've uh, come on to sponsor uh, NASCAR coverage here in WGR, including Fast Track. I appreciate it. Again, I don't get anything out of it, but I'm just still very nice. I It's uh, fun to be associated with them, and uh, I'm sure we'll see them at Watkins Glen in a couple of weeks for the Salem Six Hours, and we're going to be talking Andy Lally here in just a couple of moments about that, and as uh, that is two weeks away. 
And I believe next week, too, we're going to have uh, Michael Prince up either in studio for maybe even the whole show or uh, at least by phone next Sunday, depending on how his schedule breaks out next week. But we're definitely going to talk to Michael Prince up from Watkins Glen as well next weekend as uh, they gear up for the Salem Six Hours. Of course, they made some news this week. Uh, they terminated their contract with the folks that were putting on Woodstock 50. We talked to Michael about that uh, when, when the deal was first announced back when we had Michael on in March, I think it was. Uh, but they pulled the plug on that, so we'll maybe touch upon that as uh, I think the promoters didn't make a $150,000 pay, payment or something, so they terminated the deal. But uh, we'll talk to Michael about Woodstock and the Salem Six Hours and, of course, uh, the GoBowling.com at the Glen Weekend for the Cup Series. Uh, all that coming up at the Glen here in uh, the coming weeks, including one of the drivers that will be there joins us on the West Her Hotline, Andy Lally is on the phone. He drives the Magnus Racing Lamborghini in the GT Daytona class for the IMSA uh, WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Day- uh, Andy, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. It's great to talk to you again. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm not a dad, but... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Father's <laughs> Day to all the dads out there, and uh, uh, great to be back on here with you. Yeah, we chatted a couple of years ago in one of my uh, all-time favorite interviews I've done sh- here on the show. Actually, I went back and listened yesterday because we talked about a, a number of different things that had a lot of fun talking to you. So I was excited to find out uh, Friday when uh, the folks at IMSA set this up. And uh, last time we talked to you, you were ta- driving for Michael Shank Racing, but you're back at Magnus Racing uh, this year once again with the, the 44 Lamborghini. Uh, it's only been a few races, I know, on the IMSA schedule so far this year, but how has it gone so far, so far here in 2019 for you and your team? It is. Uh, it, I am back with Magnus Racing. Uh, we have transitioned from my last bunch of years have actually been pretty intense. Uh, 2015 was a Porsche. 2016 was an Audi. 2017 Last we spoke with uh, Michael Shank and the Acura 2018, I went back to Audi, and then for 2019, now we've got a Lamborghini going on. Wow. It's been an up-and-down season. Uh, four races, uh, two really good races, two really kind of meh races. You know, we've got, uh, we opened up with Daytona where we had a couple little bobbles, came home ninth, but then uh, fought for the win at Sebring, uh, finished second, just a car length or two behind the winner right at the end there, and it was uh, pretty pretty wild scrap for the last two hours then we sort of fell on our face again at mid-ohio and then we we came back with a really good result at um at uh, detroit just a couple of weeks ago so uh looking forward to trying to break the streak of up and down and up and down and and get uh, two ups in a row here as we head to my favorite racetrack at Watkins Glen in just a couple of weeks. You, you talk about all the different manufacturers you've driven for over the last few seasons. Uh, obviously, this isn't like cup racing where it's you know just maybe swapping decals off the nose of a car, but how different is it switching from an Audi to a Lamborghini to an Acura? How is are are the car are the the makes of the cars uh, that uh, that different despite them maybe being in the same class? Well, the WeatherTech Championship really tries hard to, uh, and they've got a tough job to try to make these cars perform equally, but they certainly do have characteristics that are uh, different for each one of them. The fortunate end of this story is that the Lamborghini and the Audi were built off the exact same platform a bunch of years ago. Now, they've evolved and changed and sort of gone their own way a little bit, but Mm -hmm if there was any manufacturer that it was going to make, that it was going to be easy to jump from one car to the next, uh, it is it is going from the Audi to the Lamborghini. It is the same exact engine block, mm-hmm. uh, very small differences on the top end, uh, very similar weight, minor 
aerodynamic changes and balances and feels and whatnot, but even sitting in the cockpit is, is, is a very similar deal. I, I keep telling people that ask me the differences between the Audi and the Lamborghini that the biggest difference from 2018 to 2019 is not so much the manufacturer switch as mm-hmm. the tire switch. We switched from Continental Tires, uh, that, which is a spec tire for the class uh-huh. that everybody was running on, to now a Michelin tire uh, that the entire class is running on. And that change has been uh, a little something for our engineers and, and the drivers to get used to. It's it's a little bit of a different feel, and, and they come up a different way, and the grip level is slightly different. Uh, so us adapting to that has actually been as big a challenge as adapting to the new uh, the new chassis. Is it do they they last better? Do they do the how how is the runs on the tires? Do they wear out quicker or slower compared to the uh, the Continental tire? The well, track to track we've been different. Plus, actually, for the first time in the GTD class, we've actually got two different compounds, and okay. Michelin is mandating the compound each weekend that we go, depending on the track and the, the temperature and whatnot. We are uh, just switching from the S8 compound on the Michelin to the S9 now, so mm-hmm. a little bit of a harder compound, and that's anticipation of the summer heat, plus the fact that we just, as we get to the summer swing, uh, where we, we're going to have four races in like a six-week period, uh, those are all very high-speed, high-grip tracks that, uh, that uh, the WeatherTech series visits, and we get... Uh, put these tires through some pretty intense abuse. IMSA sports car driver Andy Lally joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Andy, as the folks at IMSA pointed out to me, you are tied among active drivers for most career wins at the Salem Six Hours at the Glen with four. So uh, what, what's the secret? How, what, is, what is the key to success at winning uh, this very prestigious race at Watkins Glen International? It is a very intense six hours. It is not looked at as an endurance race. Mm -hmm. It's looked at as a six-hour sprint race. And uh, I have been fortunate to win it four times, but I've also been, I guess you could look at it as both fortunate and unfortunate. I've (laughs) I've finished second in it an additional three times. (laughs) Uh, When you're you're standing that close to the winner's trophy uh, in my home state, a mm. favorite racetrack on the planet, uh, it leaves a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth, and uh, but gives you that drive to come back next year and uh, try to fulfill that uh, that goal of winning this race. So for me, it, it's it's knowing this track, it's having an understanding of uh, or an attempted understanding because it's pretty crazy when we get out there and and we've, we're mixing up four different classes uh, in this championship in one race and we're all sprinting uh, to figure out how to let these guys buy. Also understand what this car wants, where you need to kind of consolidate a bit and where you need to compromise a bit on our setup and what to go for and what the car is going to be like at the end of the race, six hours through a summer day. uh, You can go through some pretty extreme temperature changes and finishing up when we're starting in the real big heat and we're finishing up as the track gets cool, you want that car really fast at the end of the race and uh, it's sometimes difficult to make any severe or big changes really to the chassis uh, when you've only got you know 35 seconds per pit stop. So you've got to kind of take a guess at where the car is going to go and what your experience in years past is uh, reflected on how we kind of set that strategy for what we give up a little bit in the beginning so that we're at, at our best at the end. Uh, you and your teammate, John Parter, is it just a, a two-driver operation, or do you have a, a third driver for this event? 
for the six hours of the Glen, we're adding Spencer Bumpelli. Oh. He's uh, one of my best buddies and a uh, longtime teammate on and off through a whole bunch of different teams here. Uh, he was with us at Daytona and Sebring, and he will be on for uh, both the six hours of the Glen as well as Petit Le Mans uh, coming up at the at the end of the year. Yeah, that's a name I, I recognize. Um and obviously, with with it's late June in Central New York, so it could be I don't know eighty and ninety percent humidity. It could be sixty degrees. It could be monster thunderstorms. It's 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 got to be a a race hard to predict until you get there because of that unknown factor in the weather. It is, and everything that you mentioned, we've experienced there, and then some. Sometimes all in the same day. <laughs> uh, when we last talked, they had just gone through the repave at the Glen. It's been a couple of years now um, from what you've seen and what maybe you've been hearing from testing. Has the track surface, uh, now that it's aged a couple of years, has it changed at all that much? Not too much, to be honest. I was just up there about two weeks ago. We were testing for the six-hour with our Lambo, and it was uh, it's, it's pretty solid. I mean, the, the guys at Watkins Glen have so much experience with this, and between putting on some of the best uh, road racing in the world with both uh, IndyCar and NASCAR and IMSA, as well as uh, a bunch of uh, grassroots series that are constantly there, um, they, they, know, they know how to how to uh, take care of this stuff and, and their their build throughout that whole process was really good. It was amazing when we did the ribbon cutting ceremony up there just a, a couple, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's maintained. It's got really good grip and it's still, I think, uh, the the best and strongest race that we, we see in North America. Uh, of course, uh, stock car fans recognize your name, a former uh, Cup Series Rookie of the Year, and you still run some Xfinity races. You ran uh, three road course races last year. Do you have any uh, potential Xfinity Series or Cup or Truck Series uh, road course races on tap for this season? There is uh, two races that I'm available for. Unfortunately, IMSA moved their schedule, and they moved the VIR date on top of the Road America date, so I can't get to... Uh, I can't get to that race this year, but I've got Mid-Ohio and then the Charlotte Roval dates that are open, and uh, I'm hopeful to do it. Uh, I just am trying to squeeze it all in. I, I, my next open weekend right now is October 4th. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, I'm literally traveling Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of almost every single weekend uh, from here through then. So my, my Mondays and my Tuesdays are my, my weekends off usually, uh, or are my weekends, but uh, I'm trying to get those done. I'd like to do some. What I'm really actually excited for, and, and a little, and uh, to, to stay on topic here, is uh, Watkins Glen mm-hmm. moved their date next year. Yeah, the Xfinity and the Cup race, and that, if all stays the same with IMSA, will allow me to go back to Watkins Glen for a stock car race for the first time in nine years. So since 2011. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I love heading up there with IMSA. I love heading up there with stock cars. Uh, really with anything. It is uh, it is a magnificent track, both for drivers and for spectators, and uh, I, I can't wait to get up there. And it's just two weeks uh, from this weekend, the Salem Six Hours at the Glen. Uh, tickets available at theglen.com. Andy Lally will be there with his uh, Magnus Racing uh, Lamborghini and teammate John Potter uh, and Spencer Pompelli. Uh, Andy, uh, thanks for the time. Uh, just like last time, another great chat with you. Really appreciate it here on a uh, Sunday. Uh, have a great uh, time at the Glen, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season as well, too. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Always always great. And for the fans listening that uh, that haven't taken a venture up to Watkins Glen here, it's not just the racetrack. You've got an amazing gorge to hike. You've got the Farm Sanctuary just down the road, uh, the Harbor Hotel, which has amazing views and 
sailboat rides and some some really really cool kind of small town vibe uh, scenes that that uh, traveling for not just the race but the entire family experience is, is something that if you haven't gone there before it's definitely worth making the trek for. Very good, Andy. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Uh, yep, Andy Lally again from the uh, IMSA uh, WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, the GT Daytona class. And, uh, again, he'll be at the Watkins Glen International Facility and the Salem Six Hours in a couple of weeks. Uh, interesting, he pointed out that he's already looking ahead to, to 2020 and uh, taking note of the adjusted uh, Watkins Glen NASCAR date for next year. So uh, that's something we've talked about with the 2020 schedule, uh, Watkins Glen's date being pushed ahead two weeks next year because of uh, NBC Sports kind of uh, asking NASCAR to take two weeks off for uh, the Summer Olympics and their television coverage there so NBC can focus their resources covering the Olympics and then get back to covering NASCAR uh, next summer. So uh, you can uh, interesting to see that, that Andy uh, is taking a look that far ahead, uh, trying to plan a schedule for next season. I thought that was interesting, a uh, little point he brought in there. All right, when we get back, we'll uh, wrap up this edition of Fast Track. Not much of a local racing roundup to talk about, unfortunately, because everybody got rained out except for uh, one event that's normally on our radar. But uh, we'll mention those folks, and uh, we'll have time for your phone calls at 803-0551-888-552-550. We get back to wrap up this edition of Fast Track on WGR. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. Yeah, this one's going to be short. Uh, Thursday night, we talked to Rich Vleck last week from Genesee Speedway. Their big uh, race, the Gladiator for the Modifieds, that got rained out. And uh, that is going to be rescheduled for uh, late July, I think the 25th. And I apologize for not knowing that off the top of my head. I will double check there. Uh, Ranceville, despite the no rain Friday, the heavy rains Thursday night really saturated the property. The parking lot has been an issue there this season, unfortunately. And uh, it just can't dry out. It, it it stops raining for a couple days, then Wednesday, Thursday dumps more. And just like, it can't dry out. It's very, uh, It's been tough this year at the Big R, but they got rained out again. They'll try again this Friday night. Big uh, $2,000 win modified race this Friday night at the Big R. Ranceville Speedway. Lancaster Dragway did get their show in Friday. Uh, Mike Zumuda won the Supercharged Bounty Hunters. Chuck Mandola won in Top ET. Dave Balzer won in Top 8 Eliminator. Fast Eddie Semlich won in Mod ET. Mike Peters in Bikes and Sleds. And Dan Nab got the win in Street ET uh, Friday at Lancaster Dragway. Saturday, a complete washout as well around the area. Uh, Merrittville, State Line, um, and Lake Erie Speedway with the Race of Champions Modifieds and Must See Racing Sprints all got rained out yesterday. Uh, the folks at Lake Erie and the ROC and Must See Racing are trying to find a rain date for that event. Uh, not de- been decided, uh, but they will try and uh, find a date uh, later this summer to uh, reschedule that event if possible. So that was kind of frustrating, but obvious with the heavy rains that rolled through the area. And for now, things are on tonight at the Humberstone Speedway as of now. Um, but I would uh, watch their Facebook and uh, website throughout the day for updates there, as uh, they do have a regular show on tap for this uh, tonight, including the BEI uh, Lightning Sportsman Series as well. Plus, they have a trailer race, uh, too, if they get it in, but uh, I would stay tuned, but they've not made a call. Uh, the Weed Sports Speedway was supposed to run tonight. They had a wingless sprint car race, but that has already been uh, canceled out there in Weedsport. So, rough weekend. For local racing, rough spring in general. Yeah, we've gotten a few shows in in certain places, but uh, it's not been fun, especially when it's like really nice early in the week, and then you know Thursday, Friday, the rain rolls in, and that's like uh, next week's forecast is like that too. It's gonna be gorgeous Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday and Friday already looking iffy. So uh, unfortunately, we'll 
keep trying and hopefully get some more stuff as we get you know around the Fourth of July holiday. Lots of big races coming up. Uh, Lancaster's got their first stock car race coming up a week from this Thursday with the Race of Champions modified. So um, should be a, a fun time. Uh, they're coming up as well, too. Uh, NHRA, as I said, in action today at Bristol. Uh, John Force, actually the number one qualifier. Speaking of racing dads, uh, on this Father's Day, he was the number one qualifier in Funny Car. Uh, and he even gets a buy round in the first round um, because they only have 15 Funny Cars show up. So he gets a buy run in the first round of Funny Car today. Doug Kalita is uh, your number one qualifier in Top Fuel. Uh, and in Pro Mod, Mike Janis, uh, Lancaster's own Mike Janis, he is the number three qualifier today. They actually had a... Uh, one of the, in Pro Mod time trials, he had a car go off the end of the strip into the sands trap. So uh, look for that video on the NHRA website. Uh, that's always scary when that happens. And I'm envious because my brother, who now lives in Tennessee, is there today. He works uh, for Auto Parts uh, Chain, uh, and he lives down in Tennessee. And so he's got you know the big VIP hookup today. So he's already you know sending me videos and pictures from uh, being down there at Bristol. So I'm quite envious. Uh, that it, the second time he's gone to a national event this year, he went to the one down in Georgia, and now he's at Bristol today. Uh, and as I always say, that's like on my bucket list: NHRA uh, national event. I know uh, the as close as they come, it will be next weekend with Norwalk, Ohio. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make check that out. But if I ever get to go to one, it might be uh, the best bet to go to the uh, the Summit Nationals there at Norwalk uh, for an NHRA national event. Uh, but that'll do it for us this week. We'll be back next Sunday. Uh, we will have Michael Print up with us in some form, whether in studio or over the phone, as uh, NASCAR in Sonoma, road racing. Uh, so gives us a nice uh, tie-in to talk to Michael about road racing in general. But, uh, of course, they've got the Salem Six Hours and their Cup Weekend coming up later this year. DW's last race on Fox. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit, too, next week. And uh, Daryl's uh, legacy as a broadcaster on top of his great driving legacy and but as kind of Nate Ryan mentioned, a polarizing figure as a broadcaster, I guess, in the sport, to say the least. So that'll do it. Thank you so much. Have a great Father's Day. Enjoy the racing on TV today. Uh, send us your tweets at Fast Track 550, and we'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR. Fast Track with Dave Buchanan is brought to you by Genesee, the official beer of Watkins Glen International. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 